had the pleasure of interviewing some amazing map makers. Some people are like cartographers and others, yeah. they make the whole 3D mold. And every time I draw maps, my trees look like penises every single time. I cannot draw a tree that does not look like a penis. I just, well, with my maps, whenever I draw, whenever I would do my maps hand drawn, they would just look like bushes because it would just be, or a cloud, because draw them top down and then you just see cloud. That's it. That was all it would be. And I just say, that, that's a tree, guys. You didn't ask me to be DM for my art skills. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, guys. Thank y'all so much for listening. I'm really excited about today's guest. It's a really good friend of mine. Thank you for being here, Nico. It's my pleasure, Natalie. I, I was really excited when you gave me when you uh, asked me. I got so giddy. I've only had you DM for me once, mm-hmm. and that was uh, a cyberpunk game. Yeah, and that's my only experience I've had with cyberpunk so far. But it was crazy. <laughs> yeah. I am not able to keep a straight face in both you or your brother's games with your voices. So for those who don't know, Nico is Andres' brother from Clash of Quests. Yeah, oh yeah, uh, for better or worse. <laughs> for better or worse, you don't get to get rid of them. <laughs> no, never. Uh, so what games are you currently running? Right now, I only run Cyberpunk. For my weekly D&D group, we, do, we have a rotating set of DMs, myself, my friend Peter, and Andres. Peter and Andres run D&D 5e, while I run Cyberpunk 2020. And which, <laughs> it's funny because they have this hardcore fantasy with uh, very great storylines. While mine, in, in the last session, they had to do an escort mission with a 25-year-old man-child that ended up peeing in the knee wound of Andres' character. A whole, ask him about it later. Trust me, it was hilarious. I have um, like calls with Andres every Sunday or Monday so that he can catch me up on whatever happened in y'all's game the previous Sunday. Mm-hmm. So I like follow along with all of y'all's stories. I'm like, okay, so tell me what happened. How did it go every week? So did, did, did he tell you about this past, the, not, not his session, but the session with Cyberpunk? Oh yeah, oh yeah. We had oh. like a two hour phone call when it was like the whole, um, uh, when it was the PvP and he shot the other dude. Oh, gridlock, yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of like where my storyline started with y'all. And ever since then, I have had calls with him to keep up because mm-hmm. y'all are such great DMs. Your storylines are so good. The, the thing is, is that with, with, with Peter and Andres, they have like one overarching story or many over, like they have an overarching story with their stuff. With Cyberpunk though, I'm running it more episodically because I feel that it's easier for me personally to not have to worry about, oh, okay, there's this one big bad evil guy going on. But with Cyberpunk, the way I look at it is that no one is a hero, no one is good or bad. Everybody's there to make it out for themselves. And even if you take out the big bad evil guy, one big corporation, there's always gonna be two or three that pop up wherever. So the story really never ends. If you save the world or not, there's always going to be something bad that comes back up, which I really enjoy with that. So would you consider it more like uh, like heavy, or is there still a good bit of comedy in there? Oh, Natalie, Natalie, Natalie. The comedy never stops. It's a, good, it's a decent balance between comedy, action, drama, in my opinion. Like you said with whenever Andres told you about Gridlock and his death, that happened 
the thing about about this is that with how cyberpunk has been going the main storylines have been created by the characters i haven't created them at all whenever it came to gridlock dying the one of the characters dying that was purely character driven that was all player driven i was just i was just the narrator just watching the whole thing whenever they had to break into a what's called they had to break into a big corporation to, to clear themselves from a database that was all character driven which i i'm a big fan of i'm really liking having to not improvise on the fly but having to improvise you know what goes on in the world because of them it's been really fun since they do more of that do you feel like you do a lot less prep work? in a way yes and no i i tend to have to find more it, the hardest part for me honestly is just finding maps that's the honestly the hardest part because i like to keep my characters engaged and i like theater of the mind but having a map and something cohesive to kind of look at and to play around with and kind of know your surroundings instead of having to keep track of, okay, well, I know Nico said that there was three cameras, but where are those cameras at in relation to me? Uh, do I have to be here, here, here? I just like having something that everyone can see. It seems more simplified in that way. But like I said, the hardest part is just coming up with maps. Everything else, pretty simple. I've said it once, I'll say it a hundred times. I fucking hate maps. It's my least favorite part of all of the RPGs. It's maps. I hate them. Really? Yes. Because I have to run, I draw mine. Oh, gotcha. I will eventually learn how to do them on the computer for Roll20. But for now, um, in my in-person game, I draw them. Mm -hmm. And um, I've had the pleasure of interviewing some amazing map makers. Some people are like cartographers and others. Yeah. They make the whole 3D mold, and every time I draw maps, my trees look like penises every single time. I cannot draw a tree that does not look like a penis. I just, well, with my maps, whenever I draw, whenever I would do my maps hand-drawn, they would just look like bushes, because it would just be, or a cloud, because draw them top-down, and then you just see cloud. That's it. That was all it would be. And I'd say, that, that's a tree, guys. You didn't ask me to be DM for my art skills. Exactly. Yeah. If you wanted, if you wanted art, then go to somebody else with that kind of skill. I will give you a mediocre story that I improvise on the fly because I forgot that I was DMing today. <laughs> yes. Yes. 100%. My session, my Christmas fraud session last week, we had to take uh, like a month off. Just like everybody had things going on. So yeah. I had a month to draw my maps, but when did I draw it? The night before. Yeah, that's how it works. Did they I even need the map that day? No. <laughs> no. Mm -mm. Nope. Uh-uh. Definitely not. I have, like, I have things prepped like six weeks in advance for like one area, and they're like, oh, that's cool, but we're going to go this way. And I'm like, okay, great. Yeah, that's, okay. I hate that. Yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate Never, Never assume with your players. Never, ever assume. That's the first thing I learned with, uh, especially with when I first started DMing for Andres and my two friends, Brad and Anthony. Never assume, ever. It's the worst thing you can do for yourself. Yeah, baby DM Natalie is still learning those hard decisions. That's actually why I'm doing all these interviews. It's not for the rest of the internet. It's for me to like <laughs> catch up on like eight years of DM experience in a few weeks. Smart. It's a good way to go about doing it. I'm really just selfish. That's all that this is. No, I understand. I'd be, I'd be doing the same thing as well. Honestly, I just hold them hostage and just force them to tell me what to do. <laughs> tell me what to do. <laughs> exactly. Magic is still a thing in cyberpunk, right? It just has a really high price. No, cyberpunk does not have this. Uh, one of the systems you might be thinking of is Shadowrun. 
but cyberpunk there's no magic everything is all based in technology it's basically have you ever seen altered carbon on netflix it's such a good show oh god first season was amazing yes but yeah it's all imagine that that is that is cyberpunk to down to a t okay okay that makes a lot more sense then it's gritty it's dark it's there's everything is all shades of gray you have stand-up people who are very manipulative but you also have crime lords who try to do what's best for others but at the same time they're ruthless it's like i said it's all there's no such thing as good and evil in this it's all about how can i survive until the next day okay so what how many rpgs do you play in playing right now i just play well i run cyberpunk and i play in andres's and my friend peter's games and that's about it right now due to my work schedule that's all i can really manage at the moment yeah work can be very restricting when it comes to to D. oh yeah definitely very very restricting but i want i like finding time for it because it's a good way to just interact with my friends or people that i call friends it's just it's a great outlet for myself a good creative outlet i just love the idea of just building a world with my with my friends and just narrating a story for their characters to go through and i just love seeing this it's a weird sort of emotional catharsis in a way you're playing a character that's not really you and you're trying to experience the emotions that they would and it's just it's a beautiful thing really that was one of my first realizations about why i loved D so much was because like in the real world you get like one life to learn lessons from yep and you get those experiences and that's it and through D and other rpgs you get all these different characters mm-hmm. that you can use and you can learn all these different so like some of my characters that i've made have the same insecurities or uh mental disorders that i have yeah so that way like it, it's kind of like using another character to work through those things yeah no, I, I agree. But for me, I try not to make characters that are like my, like myself because I just like to, I want to take myself, I, I don't know, for me personally, that's for me personally. I like to take myself out of my own skin and just kind of put myself into something that I usually don't do. Like one of my characters is a Triton warlock who is highly addicted to drugs. And he's a total surfer bro. And it's really fun to play that because it's not me. I've also, with the different characters that I've had, I've done... And most, I've done manipulative, evil characters. I'm hoping that I don't come off as emotionally manipulative and evil. The most, uh, always. Okay. But, <laughs> you know, it's just fun that way. It's like, but it's like you said, you, have, you get all these chances to experience life through, mm-hmm. the, through the eyes of these different characters that you create, whether it be for one session or for, for years in a campaign. It's just something that I really love doing. Honestly, one of the favorite things to do is just create the characters really because you get to kind of you put a little bit of something something new with it every time like not not a single one of my characters that i've made has been is that carbon copy of of the last and it's been a lot of fun doing just getting to be a part of that it's just it really warms the heart i i I could agree with that i think my characters that i make they're more eccentric like i take one part of myself and then Mm -hmm. make it super exaggerated and then there's this whole thing behind that yeah I can but see I, that. I think I'm also still so new to D&D that I'm still in that imitation phase. Yeah. I'm just kind of trying, like I take little bits and I try and copy like little bits from all these DMs that I try and I'm like, oh, this works. Oh, this does not. Yeah. Work. yeah. 
<laughs> you, you just have to take time to find what works for you. That's what I've had to learn. You know, I, I started watching, the reason I got into D&D was, I mean, I started playing when I was 10 or 11 because of my stepdad. He ran us through like the original Dungeons and Dragons, not back in 1978, of course, but he had the original Red Box, Monster Manual, Player's Handbook and everything for AD&D. And he ran us through a few sessions of that. But since you're young, since I was young, I was, had a really short attention span. So it was really hard for me to stay focused. So we kind of put that on the back burner. But it wasn't until maybe five or six years ago that I watched a show on YouTube called Titan's Grave, which was, run by, which was a game run by Will Wheaton and had a few players on it. Uh, for those of y'all that are fans of Critical Role, Laura Bailey, or, and they also had Yuri Lowenthal and Allison Hazlett, I believe. But that was my first foray in seeing live tabletop, you know, run show. And I just fell in love with it. It was just so cool. I was, I was amazed. It just seemed like so much fun. And the minute that that show ended, I started writing a game using that same system for Borderlands because I'm a big Borderlands fan. Have you played Borderlands? No, but I've heard of it. It's, I love it. It's great. Borderlands 2 is probably my favorite game, of, one of my favorite games of all time. I love the comedy. I love the writing. I love the art. Beautiful. But I wrote that game and I had a few of my friends come in and play it. And the best feeling was after the first session, we ended the session after they ran a small mission to rescue a guy. And I said, okay, guys, that's the end of the session. And my buddy Brad said, but, but I want more. I want, it was like little Oliver Twist just going up with his bowl saying, I want some more. And just, I'm sorry, I, I, I don't have any more. We have to wait until whenever the next one is, which was next week, the following week. And we made that a weekly thing. Then we went into, then after that Borderlands session, the, oh, sorry, Borderlands campaign fell through, we just made a different campaign. All, and that's how I fell in love with D&D because at first I did a different system than D&D 5e. I did what's called the Dragon Age RPG system, which was, it was still pretty fun, but then I started watching Critical Role and I saw D&D 5e and I loved that system. It seemed really cool. I fell in love with the characters, fell in love with the actors and all the players, and it was just a whole lot of fun. So that was just how I kind of got into it in a more regular, in a more passionate way, I guess. Yeah, I agree. The, um Critical Role is how I learned how to play D&D. &D. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, yeah. I was watching it when all of my friends decided they wanted to play. They were like, when they, well, it was when they were trying to convince me to play because I was really standoffish about it. I was like, nah, like, it sounds really nerdy. I don't think I'm going to do it. I'll sit it out. Mm -hmm. Now it consumes my life. Oh, yeah. Oh, I have a funny story about that. I, so I actually have two people that train uh, that I train with that I got into playing D&D &D with me. Mm -hmm. I, I got my first off I was talking. So it just happened to come up a conversation. My buddy Jake said, so Nico, what were you doing this weekend? And I said, Oh, you know, I hung out with a few friends and I played Dungeons and Dragons. What's that? And I had to explain that to him. He's just like, that sounds cool. I want to play. And it, it didn't take much convincing. It didn't take much convincing at all. And I got him, I had him roll up a character and he ran through a few sessions and he just loved it. And I got him to play it. And then because of that, we were talking about it at the gym one day, just talking about, so how'd you like the session? Dude, it was so cool. And he had a lot of fun. Now this is the, this is the campaign that was run by Andres. So Andres DM'd yeah. both on, but him and I. And then 
Dustin, he heard us talking about that. And he just, wait, are you guys talking about Dungeons and Dragons? Just, yeah, yeah, a lot of fun. And one day, Dustin kind of, like I was talking to Dustin one-on-one, he said, Nico, like, I don't know how you did it, but you got Jake to play it, of all people. <laughs> I, think, I, I think I need to give this a try. And he made his character, helped him make his character. And he, he I, I will say that he's probably had a, probably the most fun. I've, I haven't, I think I've seen him laugh more during D&D than I have seen him laugh anywhere else for the most part. So it, it, it it's really cool. <laughs> I got people who <laughs> beat the crap out of each other on a day, near daily basis to come play uh, organized pretend with math. It's like drugs. Like you just kind of like, you know, like when the dealer's like, your first bump is free. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> He'll just let you in the door. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just, it, you always, like, once that first session happens and it ends, just what you just have to ask, so when are we going to do it again? Uh, uh, whose campaign are we going to play? Uh, what's going to happen in the next session? What's, gonna ha- what's going on? There's always questions that you have to ask. You always ask. There's always a question you ask, and, I, and that's that's usually the mo- the funnest part about the about DMing or just playing it, just having these new questions that pop up, whether it be about the next session or just what's going on in the campaign or anything else. It's just so much fun. It was so my very first game ever that I played, uh, Dustin played in, and I, um, I, I I am well aware of this. And I'm it well was aware of it. phenomenal because my character was just so chaotic and. I may have gone a little murder hobo in my first game. It was justified for my character. Uh Uh-huh, that's what they all say. And I had told Andres beforehand, like, this was our goal, and it was against everybody else's goal. But, yeah, I, 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 but I did, I had, like, a full-blown panic attack on my way to Andres' house because I was so afraid because I didn't know how to play the game. And I think very highly of both Dustin and Andres and I was like I'm gonna ruin the game for everybody because I don't know how to play and then I got there and they were so okay I did annoy Dustin pretty heavily because uh, I know I, I, I was told I was told I kept a character with a wand of smiles and yeah he was not yeah. happy with it yeah <laughs> but I think that's just how Dustin and I's relationship works like I just how, yeah. how annoyed can I make Dustin today no, that's about how it, how it is with me and Dustin too. I try to enjoy <laughs> the crap out of them as often as possible, but it's usually in good 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 fun. Well, and my well, I like to think so. He tells me otherwise, but that's how it is. He can't leave you, so it's fine. No, no, he has nowhere to go. So, where do you draw your inspiration from? And there's a whole lot, whether TV shows, anime, movies, books, comics. Mm-hmm. everyday life it, it comes from everywhere really if i hear something going on you have to draw inspiration from everywhere really you have mm-hmm. to draw it from real life you have to draw it from just fiction it's just something that you have to kind of pick up from like with cyberpunk i tend to watch a whole lot of altered carbon a lot just to kind of as white i've watched it enough to where i've it kind of functions as white noise for me it's just there and i know what's going on i understand the imagery and it just helps it helps kind of set the mood you know how people listen to lo-fi hip-hop i listen to altered carbon or other futurist movies that's me i listen to the lo-fi i'm all about the lo-fi when i'm prepping there you go exactly but that's just me i have a big tendency to find 
I used to be all about watching Critical Role or reading. I, I, I was at one point reading a whole lot of Patrick. Have you read Patrick Rothfuss? Any of his books? No. Oh, and then it, oh man, you have to look him up. He's got some great books that I think you could draw a lot of inspiration from. Patrick Rothfuss. Roth, R O T H Fuss F U S S. He's got some amazing books. I listen to them both on audiobook and they are awesome. They are the King Killer Chronicles. There we go. King Killer Chronicles. Okay. So I think that you, I think you would definitely dig it. I did a little, <laughs> little cloud loop de loop around it. Smart move. Uh, so then do you feel like it takes good players to make a good game? <sighs> That's a very hard question to say because sometimes you could have just a great game planned and you have amazing players, but things just don't pan out. It's, it's all a collaborative process. It's, this is what t uh, TTRPG is about. D&D, Cyberpunk, Call of Cthulhu, Pathfinder, Starfinder, Traveler, everything. It's all collaborative. It, everybody has to be working together to create a great game. Even if you ha don't have anything planned for the session, you have to be able to work together. So that, whether it being for the players, don't interrupt the DM, don't interrupt somebody else who's talking. For the DM, be open-minded, but at the same time, understand that you have to kind of lay down the law sometimes when it comes to the rules. I know some people are, some people are big rules lawyers, some people are more loosey-goosey with it, but you all have to kind of meet in the middle with things, really. It has to be common ground with things. And whenever everybody is on the same page with that, things can be great. Like whenever things happened in my cyberpunk game where one of the PCs killed the other PC, that was all collaborative. We, we, I didn't even ha really have anything planned for that day, but my players did such a great job just creating this story within a two to three hour time frame that it just, it, it was probably one of my favorite sessions that I ever played. But there have been times where I've planned things out to a T and things went great, but everything was just it was just a slog, whether it be the rules were just things were the things with the rules we weren't understanding, or there was some tension within the group. It it all it all really depends. But like but the main thing is just having that cohesion between the players and the DM or GM. So how do you go around like if there's a disagreement on the rules? I tend to play things fast and loose, but I always I always have my rules on hand at all times. And we always, we all, for those of us that do have the books, we look through it, find the rule or find something that seems to be along the guidelines of the rule and we go with it. Sometimes I've made mistakes in this and my players, they haven't called me out on it. Like, Hey, you're wrong. Bad job. Terrible. I'm out. No, we're very understandable with things. If a rule is, was not really broken, wasn't followed correctly. We tend to not ignore we tend to we tend to just say okay well going forward we'll follow things as this we're very we have a pretty understanding group of people because in a way we're all we're all constantly learning some of us more and more experienced but we're still learning with you know even with D D 5e i figure out new rules all the time with that just by going back and reading do you have a homebrew a favorite homebrew item favorite homebrew item man there was one that Andres, Andres made that I really liked. Mm -hmm. It's very, very simple. It was an item that 
was held by our late dragon sorcerer Bracken, uh, Bahamut rest his soul. <laughs> and it was a small chest about like, about, oh, there we go, about yay big, that he would just snap his fingers and it would pop into existence. And he would open the top and it would just start cursing. It would just start just as loud as it could, just yelling obscenities, like just saying, wait, am I allowed to curse? Yeah, you're good. Fucking shit, dude. shut the fucking door. Just stop it. God damn it, you're letting all the cold air out. And it would just keep cursing the whole time. Now, the thing about it was it, that in itself didn't make it my favorite, but what we did, what people did with it made it hilarious. There have been points when they, we use it to create a distraction, like holding it as a boom box, opening it up, and walking up to a front door of where the bad guys are to create a quote unquote distraction, oh even though we didn't. <laughs> Just holding it open, just walking forward. This is whenever most of our characters were brand new and didn't think things through all the way. So it ended up with it ended up with a total of twenty casualties, a destroyed front gate, and one of our characters, Nall, uh, an elf fighter who thought that he was invincible, who who. This way, this is how I like to think about it. He didn't realize he wasn't playing Skyrim, and he got filled with tons of arrows, and he looked like a pincushion afterwards. Did you ever see? Did you ever see the Wolverine with Hugh Jackman? The movie, The Wolverine. Uh, you remember that scene wherever he was in the the Japanese town, got filled with arrows. Yes. That's what happened. Oh no. So, yeah, it, it's not really because that's my favorite item because of what it does, but what it's led, what it's, what it's led to made, has made it one of my favorite items. Oh, I love homebrew items so much. I love asking people what they come up with. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, Andres has my favorite homebrew item as well, and they're... It's completely for RP. It's so stupid, but it's just like a thing. His character in a, a homebrew campaign that I'm making, we haven't actually yeah. started, yet, but he got his yeah. item, and it was it. His character's addicted to milk, <laughs> so this item will fill up a glass of milk, and it has yeah. three charges. Well, mm -hmm. the only way you can get another, you can uh, get a charge for it, is to commit an act of kindness to a bovine creature. <laughs> And it, they don't stack. Like, they do stack, but, like, you can't get, you can't return to that same bovine creature until its charge is expended. Gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Completely useless, but so beautiful. Look, I actually just remembered another one that I made for myself, which was honestly just for RP's purposes as well. Uh -huh. This was for a, for a one-shot, a Curse of Strahd one-shot I did with a few friends of mine. A different group. A backstory, my character was a paladin rogue who was a professional wrestler before he found God. And his God was, no, it was Jameson Walker Daniels, the God of good times and bad decisions. So <laughs> what I made his, one of the magic items was, I made it myself, was a bottle, you know, it was a little bottle that anytime you broke it, it became a plus one weapon, plus one finesse weapon that you would just shank people with. But bonus action, bonus action to 
fix it back up and it would have the same type of liquid in there as it as it had before so you could be halfway through of through drinking all of your booze realize you're about to get into a fight stab 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 fight's over bonus action now you have your bottle oh my gosh now i have to ask the nerdiest question to that it was it finesse or strength oh finesse obviously <laughs> but but he had a 20 strength so that way he could still get sneak attack just had to have that happen i had to yeah <laughs> why not i hey i said he was a rogue he's a rogue paladin he i want to get sneak attack that's how it works <laughs> I can imagine my character for Clash of Quests trying to be sneaky. It's not, it's not going to work. It's oh, not going to work. She's not going to be sneaky. But she can oh. try. She might try. I believe in you. I believe in you. <laughs> I don't believe in your character, but I believe in you. I should 100% be the other way around. <laughs> okay. All right. Good to know. I'll, I'll keep that in mind. All right. So the last few questions, because I know you have to go to your thing soon. Last few questions are less about Nico, the DM, and more. What kind of laughter is that? My son just saw the, like this crazy, egomaniacal laughter from his bedroom. Uh, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Wait, um, wait so, from, from Adam? From Adam or from no, Lucas? <laughs> oh, he's probably playing Minecraft again. When he grows up, he wants to be a voice actor. Oh. Uh huh. So. There are constantly the weirdest sounds coming from his bedroom. Oh. His evil laugh like creeps me out. It'll be like two o'clock in the morning and you just hear this laugh coming from the bedroom. And I'm like, you're not asleep. <laughs> what is happening? It's disturbing. Children can be disturbing. Oh, I know. I've interacted with him enough. Uh, I, with coaching and being a nanny for like seven plus years, I know plenty about that. And a math tutor. <sighs> yeah. You are experienced with the creepiness children can exude. It's not less creepy, more just evil. Evil small people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're so manipulative. Mm -hmm. um, so, last few questions. If you sure. recommend a book, a movie, and a TV series. A, a book series, TV series, and a movie series. Yes. Let's see. Okay, movie series. Easy. I recommend the Cornetto Trilogy. Now, what that is, it's three movies. It's At World's End, Hot Fuzz, Shaun of the Dead, all directed by Edgar Wright, starring Nick Frost and Simon Pegg. And those three movies are some of my, have some of the best writing, are probably some of the funniest movies you'll ever watch, and they just turn all these genres on their head. Hot Fuzz is an action movie, but it's not really a parody. It's more, it's all satire, and they're all mm. well-written. They're well-acted, and they're just so darn funny that i recommend that those movies to anybody literally anybody a book series the one i told i told you about the king killer chronicles by patrick Rothfuss. well written it's the characters are great i i was i didn't read them but i listened to them on audiobook and the the guy who read them did a great job and that's probably the reason why i'm partial to it but i recommend that to anyone it's got fantasy it's got intrigue and it's just it, it's just really fun it's a really fun story and as for tv series uh i will say the anime mob psycho 100 the reason why is because 
it is it's action based in a way but the best parts about it are the little slices of life you have this little kid who is this powerful psychic and who has these amazing battles with ghosts and other psychics that are beautifully animated but the best parts are honestly one of the best parts is whenever he tries to train for a marathon or whenever he tries to uh when he tries to become the class president it's it's because it, it kind of humanizes everybody and i love that and it's got a great message of about what you're born with doesn't make you special and you got it's the experiences that you create and the relationships that you have with other people that make life worth living and it's it's a beautiful anime not just in how it's and how it's animated but and how it's written and in the character and the actors and how they perform each character it's just lovely i catch myself every point that i cheered up in the first time i still cheer up at the same exact point the second or third time i watch through so i recommend that show to anybody period perfect all right those are good recommendations they're different i like them uh, I'm going to put that book series on my list because I've started reading books again because oh. I'm literate. I can do it. I know you can. I, I believed in you. Yeah. I stopped reading for so long and now I've just began, begun my reading. Oh, man, mm. I think, I don't think I've like read bread since pretty much I got out of high school. Oh, wow. Oh man. Yeah. You need to get on that. Yeah. So now I've got like a list, like so long. I just ordered like a trilogy and yeah it's great it's great okay last question it's most important important it's most important Mm -hmm. and it's where you get all of the judgment okay dirty dancing or footloose dirty dancing or footloose that's a tough one honestly i will give my reasoning for it okay footloose now hear me out the reason why is not because of the movie itself, but because of another movie. Have you ever seen the movie Hot Rod? No. Okay. Now, there is a scene in Footloose where you see him smoking a cigarette and dance, punching, and doing gymnastics in a warehouse. Right. Now, the movie Hot Rod is a movie starring Andy Samberg, who plays a a wannabe stuntman and at one point his stepdad says you're useless and you'll never amount to anything and he says i hate you and he runs off into the woods and he starts to do the same thing at one point whenever he's doing flips doing flips in the air and stuff just as kevin bacon did he does a flip it ends up hitting a log the log makes him trip and he starts rolling down a hill for about five minutes <laughs> It shows him rolling down a hill constantly, getting hit by trees and falling off of cliffs, hitting rocks, and just constantly falling and falling. And, and right, I saw this movie 13, 14 years ago, and it still makes me laugh to this day. So that's why I choose Footloose every time. You had me at Andy Sandberg. Mm-hmm. That He's man a- is a treasure and... That would be one of my like top would like, I want to play a one shot with that man. Oh, dear God. I think he'd be great. It would Mm -hmm. be so, and if he doesn't play a bard, he's not allowed. Mm -mm. No, 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 definitely not. Unless he's, well, I I don't know. 
I would definitely be okay with him playing a barbarian. I'd be okay with that. That'd be, bar- that'd be barbarian. A bar- barbarian. Okay, that would be acceptable. I would accept that barbarian. Would, okay, good. Would be all right. Yeah, okay. Thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, of course. It was my pleasure. I had a blast. For those of you guys that don't know, Nico is a top-notch martial artist. Amazing. Um, where can people find some of your videos and stuff at? YouTube. <laughs> uh, for, just type in my name, Nico Echeverry MMA. You'll find plenty of fights. I've got, um, I've, ha- I've had 11 pro fights. I'm eight, eight and three. We're looking to see if we can uh, take things to the next level because I've been fighting mostly locally for the past 2011 so well, 2010 really so past 10 years so i've been doing this for a while but i love doing it it's I mean, outside of D and other rpgs this is my number one thing i when i say work this is my work this is what i do for a living coaching training and running helping run a gym i love doing this i get to train with nico when we're not in the middle of a pandemic of course i'm extroverted and i'm home alone with a six-year-old all the time Get me out. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thank you guys so much for listening in. Don't forget you can watch Clash of Quests every Saturday at twitch.tv slash Clash of Quests. And have a great day, guys. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. And don't forget, Nat 1s are just as fun as Nat 20s.